awesome way to be now. Um, so we're in Philippians. That's resume, not resume. Keep that in mind. So Philippians 3, 1 through 7, some powerful scripture here, some obvious scripture. Paul is, uh, from time to time, he's a pretty obvious guy. I mean, you know what Paul's thinking, right? Um, he's pretty passionate about what he says and what he does. And he says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me. And it's a safeguard for you. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we who are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And then he says, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, see, as to the zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness which is in the flesh, in the law, found blameless. That was a Freudian slip. To me, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. I added verse 7 because I just had verse 1 through 6, and it just didn't seem right without verse 7. Uh, so that was one of my prerogatives as an instructor. You can do that. So let's talk about finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again. There's no trouble to me and is a safeguard for you. You like repetition? Yeah, it, sometimes we like it, sometimes we don't. But it's good for us, right? And it's particularly good. Paul says, hey, listen, it's not a problem for me to be repetitive. What's Paul repetitive about? Proclaiming Christ. <laughs> you want to start a conversation with Paul? You don't need to start a conversation. He'll start it. He'll talk about Christ. But he says, repeating things is not a trouble to me. And it's a safeguard for you. And I was thinking about repetition as a safeguard. And I thought about ticket or ticket. You know, these are from a 99 Jeep that my younger son drives to work every, every day. When he was young, he was a little rambunctious. Had to warn him, had to be careful to tell him to put his seatbelt on when he got into the car. Not anymore. Not anymore. He's got three kids. He's got a job. He's got click it or ticket. He's good. He's good. And he said, I said to myself, I said, repetition is good because it's a safeguard. It's good to have your seatbelt on. There's another one. Getting more personal now. How many of you have been to London? Remember on the tube, mind the gap? The lady in the nice voice that tells you to mind the gap. So what's the gap? The gap is between the car and the platform just big enough to put your foot in. And mind the gap is a reminder. It's a safeguard. It's a safeguard that's become so much of a repetition in London that they make coffee cups. <laughs> I bought one. <laughs> that's mine. Actually, I have two. 
because I love London. I've been to London a number of times. Um, and Mind the Gap is a reminder to me. When I was a kid, I lived in the south side of Chicago, and we took the elevated trains for transportation back and forth to work. They didn't have Mind the Gap, and I stepped right in between. And my parents got panicky and yanked me out and whatnot. But, but I remember that's a good thing. Here's another one, repetition. Here's more of a confession than a repetition. We have a uh, hybrid. My wife drives it most of the time. I get to drive it occasionally, like to church and whatever. Um, this is a sign that she has posted right in the doorway as we come out of the garage and before you get into the house. I wear hearing aids. Hybrids are not very noise friendly. And I tend to leave the car on. <laughs> so it is a safeguard for me. Yes, it is. Is it a little embarrassing? Oh, only for a while. Uh, only for a while. But so what are safeguards and repetitions as a Christian? You know, I. Maybe you remember the song or know the song, Rejoice in the Lord Always. Again, I say rejoice. Is it good to repeat that? Is it a safeguard to do that? The answer is yes. What about saying grace before meals? That's repetition. Do we need to do that? Does God know that he's blessed us with food? Yes. Does he like to hear that we're thankful for the fact that he has? Absolutely. Absolutely. What about coming to Sunday school and Sunday church? Well, that's as much a habit as it is anything else, but is that a repetition that's a safeguard for our own good? The answer is yes, it is. What about life groups? You know, years and years ago, I was thinking about our first life group experience at Fort Leavenworth. Kansas, and we were invited to one, and we lived in Lansing, Kansas, which is about 10 miles outside of Leavenworth, and we were driving home. We were looking at one another and saying, so what'd you think? Well, it was great. Well, what's the downside? Do you think we can do this every week? That's where we were. <laughs> do you think we can do this every week? Repetition is good, and it's a safeguard for you and for me. But then Paul says, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. What's he talking about here? You know who the dogs were? Us. Gentiles. Beware of the Gentiles who have accepted Christ but are looking for more. Beware of the evil workers. Who are the evil workers? Pharisees. Pharisees. The ones who talked truth and didn't live it. Beware of the false circumcision. What was the false circumcision? Go to Galatians. Galatians is full of Paul's passion for the fact that it's Christ alone who saved you, 
not anything else. And who were the Judaizers? They were the ones who said, listen, it's good that you came to Christ. It's good that you believe in Christ, but you need to be circumcised to be saved. You need to be like us to be saved. What was the false circumcision? Being circumcised in addition to believing in Christ to be saved. Paul was passionate. Paul was adamant. He even, and go, you know, go back to Galatians, he calls the Galatians foolish. Foolish, you're right, boo. Um, but it's a warning. It's not a safeguard. It's a warning. And I was thinking about who warns us. What warnings do we have come our way and what do we do about them? You know, for a long time, and I'm learning, present tense, present tense, I'm learning. For a long time, I treated sin in this way. I said, how close can I get to sin and still not sin? You ever been there? So what's the substitute for that? How about living a life that's pleasing to God? Kind of takes away the idea of how close can I get to sin and still not sin? So Paul steps it up here. He says, beware of false circumcision. He says, but then, for we are the true circumcision. And I ask the question to myself as well as to you, do you know who you are? Paul tells you who you are. He says, you who believe in Christ are the true circumcision. You don't need anything else. You don't need to be circumcised. Hallelujah. But you who believe in Christ are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and put no confidence in in the flesh. Do you put confidence in the flesh? What you do, how you do it, who you do it with? Paul says, be careful. You know who you are. I've told you. I've repeated it as a safeguard for you. I've given you warnings. But you who believe in Christ are the true circumcision. You who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And then as if to underscore it, he says, hey, listen, let's talk about resumes. Everybody's familiar with a resume in this room. Everybody's done one, two, six, ten. I don't know where you are right now, but we've done them. Um, curriculum vitae. It's a summary of who you are and a piece of paper with a page or two or three represents you. What's the object? The object is to make the perfect resume 
so that we can get the job we're looking for, right? So you go on the internet and you find all kinds of help on how to build the perfect resume. Here's an excerpt. Here's one of the websites on resumes. Notice the word perfect appears. And I'm looking at all perfect guys out here, right? Yeah. But you can write a perfect resume and you can present it in such a way that you appear perfect to the one who's interviewing you. You know, years ago I worked for the Red Cross and I had a great 10 years with the Red Cross. And I, Mrs. Dole left and I didn't get along with the new president. And we parted ways. And one of the things that they provided for me when I left was a severance package that included working with a placement firm. And a placement firm was intent on ensuring that I put my best foot forward in whatever interviews that I had. And we spent an inordinate amount of time writing resumes, presenting myself, even had television cameras and whatnot. It was, it was, quite, a, it was quite an effort. And one of the questions that I had to prepare for was, what's your ambition in life? And I thought about that one. <laughs> and it wasn't to get a job. Um, my ambition in life was to please God. And they said, well, you can't say that. I said, well, you asked me the question. <laughs> and that's my answer. I said, well, it'll never work. And in the interviews that I had, prior to going to work for SAIC, it didn't work. The question would always come up in an interview and it would come up in a formal setting, in an informal setting, over supper, over lunch, whatever. So what's your ambition in life to please God? No, no, what's your ambition in life? And I said, I just told you. It's to please God in all that I do. And it's interesting to me, nobody ever followed up. Nobody ever said, tell me more about what you just said. They were more interested in the piece of paper. And I say, as you change jobs, look for jobs, whatnot, and need to build a resume, think through what that resume represents and what you want to say about who's on the piece of paper to the one interviewing you. Paul had a resume. It was pretty impressive. Worthy of a hearing, worthy of an interview with the Pharisees, worthy of an interview with those on Mars Hill in Acts 15, yes. Paul says, for although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, even anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, which is in the law, found blameless. Pretty impressive. Pretty well stated. Pretty well thought out. Um, 
pretty much to the point. A lot of people would see Paul as exactly as the way he depicted. But what does he say at the end? But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Pretty powerful. Don't put any confidence in the flesh. Build your resume. Don't put any confidence in it. Repeat things in your life because they're a safeguard for you. Be warned. Beware of the dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of a false circumcision. That's the message that Paul wants us to take away this morning. And don't put any confidence in the flesh. So, discussion questions. Relate effects of any repetitions in your life. Are there safeguards? I know that you can go through your life and pull out things that you've had repeated to you that are for your safeguard. Are you aware of the dogs and evil workers in your life? How do you react to them? Are some bigger than others? Maybe some evil workers have more attraction to you than others. Beware of the false circumcision. Beware of adding anything to who you are in Christ. And I ask the question, I say, so how often do you claim to be a product of the true circumcision? And the true circumcised are those who worship the Spirit of God and the glory of Christ Jesus. Does it come up in your life as a question or as an opportunity for you to declare whose you are? And then, maybe you'll spend most of the time on this because you're most familiar with it. Have you written your resume lately? I don't think everybody in this room I know can... I appreciate the fact that some of you guys wear suits for me. That, that's, that's, a nice, that's a nice gesture. Um, have you written your resume lately? Is it a good one? Perfect? Probably not perfect. Is it you? Or is it a piece of paper that might get you a job? Something you have to do, you have to go through to get that job. Yet Paul had a perfect resume that he put no confidence in. <laughs> say, why write it? Um, he wrote it as an illustration. Paul was passionate about the fact that we are part of and members of the true circumcision. So discuss the impact of resumes in your life. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you and praise you that you bring repetition into our lives and you bring it in as safeguard. And Father, I thank you that Paul's done that for us and there was no trouble for him to repeat the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you too that he warned us. He warned us 
through Gentiles. He warned us through Pharisees, and he warned us of adding to what you have already done for us through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Opportunities to write about ourselves, to think about ourselves, to represent ourselves to others. Father, may we be in that writing those who represent truth and who we are in Christ. In whose name I pray, amen. Thank you.